Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And today, Lisa, I understand you're again dragging us into academia with some research-based readings for some light summer fun. What do we have, Lisa? Oh, so I guess the summer fun is think about college. You know, lots of families right now are like thinking, does my kid go to college? When do they go to college? Are they ready for college? Huh, I think you might be going through that yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always kind of that discussion. Are they ready? Are they mature? And so I was reading an article from some of our friends out of Canada in learning disabilities research and practice. So yes, it is a nerdling moment. Uh, and it's about students with learning disabilities at post-secondary. And they did a study I looked at students with and without learning disabilities, and I just found it fascinating that there wasn't a huge amount of difference, but there really was this kind of need for both social, (laughs) shocking, and academic kinds of thinking, and this really uh, persistence to not give up as kind of a theme that coming out of it. And I kept laughing and going, huh, I wonder if that's kids with LD, or is that just every kid in America? And that's, you know, that's one of the things um, so I, I'm just curious, you've got twins going to college, <laughs> uh, they're a night and day difference. Uh, I just finished up with somebody in college. What's your advice for people, especially people that might have kids with some struggling disabilities about getting ready for college. And then I'll share a little more nerdling stuff since we're keeping <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing I liked about this article, I did like this idea of looking at different inputs and, you know, different things to consider. And when it, when it, whether it's a student with LD or, or any other need, I, I feel like from, from experience, you know, as a, as a faculty member, I feel like that term that we come up to all the time, which is self-advocacy, I feel like the first critical thing is to make sure that you're child can advocate for him or herself. And that, you know, that idea of self-advocacy, Lisa, that goes across, you know, that goes across settings in higher education because you need to be able to self-advocate, advocate for yourself socially. Also, if everybody else wants to go to a party and everybody else wants to go do something and and that you don't have a a driver, you know, who's going to bring you back advocate for yourself, you know, say, no, I I actually, no, that's not a good idea. I'm not going to do that. I feel like we need to do X, Y, or Z. Let's make arrangements, you know? And, And I think that, I think for me, and especially since, you know, my kids are going away for school. Yeah. I need them to be decision makers and I need them to advocate for their needs, whether it's social needs, whether it is academic needs, no matter what it is. And for a student with a learning disability, um, and especially because many kids with LD aren't, you know, kids get to college, they don't realize they're the ones who have to let people know what they need for supports academically. So if they don't have a voice and the confidence to share, hey, I need extended time on this test. Hey, I'm going to go register with disability services. And I know we've talked about that before, but it's definitely this summer, get, talking to kids about advocating for themselves is step one. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because as I listen to you, there's a little glasser. If you didn't listen to the previous <laughs> episodes, you might want to go back to choice theory, which I know again has kind of been in the foundation of your great parenting and you have great kids. But as I think about this, 
you know, sometimes people will ask me, and so I'm just going to give my opinion. It's a podcast. They, this is not a research base. This is a Lisa Deaker, <laughs> uh, Lisa Deaker statement. But people will say, oh, my son has a learning disability. He's 18 and he wants to go to college. And I usually say don't. And I know that sounds really silly, but sometimes I say, you know what, maybe a a gap year, maybe a community college, maybe take two classes before you send them away and spend 10 to 20 to 30 to 60 to 80,000 and realize they weren't ready. Because I think that's what else this article says is that if you have the academic ability and the drive, (laughs) no offense, sometimes young boys don't have the same drive maybe as young girls. And I know that's an overgeneralization, but I think if you look at GPAs, like we do all the time, I would today I've had more non-attending younger males than I have females and a lack of follow-up. And that's just what we know is developmentally. That's why car insurance costs more uh, for boys when they're younger, because they're still not the best decision makers. And so I think about that social and academic, just because you have a boy academically ready, maybe they're not socially ready. Maybe you have a girl who's socially ready, but maybe they're not academically ready. It's that mix, I think, but here's what I love. And so this is something for those of you with really young kids. So I'm going to be nerd here a minute is they did find one of the, one of the overarching variables is the drive to achieve. And they talked about those kids getting that from sports, being in clubs, having chores, having jobs early and learning to not give up. (laughs) What do we do to many of our kids with disabilities? We swoop in and save them. Uh, You know, I don't want a kid to get hurt, but letting them fall down six times and pick themselves up in whatever they're doing, whether it's academic, I think was really a cross-cutting piece here. And then the last piece I'll share here in the, in the, on the nerdling side is really the conclusion was there wasn't as much difference, but as Becky said, it was about the supports. And, you know, if you aren't familiar with, um, uh, Learning Disabilities Association of America, ldonline.org, or we are big lovers for, again, if you have a child that maybe couldn't go traditional paths to college, think college has some amazing resources. And so again, just because somebody's 18, I'm a community college girl, I really wasn't ready. I, I really went to such a small school that I didn't probably have the academic rigor to be highly successful. Two years of community college and I walked through the door and did really, really well. But again, I think we often think, oh, well, because you're 18, it's magical. Maybe it's not magic that that works. It's it's that mixture that I loved in this. Well, and, and I was thinking too, when you were, you know, when you asked me the first time, self-advocacy, but I was also thinking maturation. You know, you really have to know your kids and you really have to know it is a lot. It's a lot to manage because some kids have grown up where they didn't manage a lot of their own life. So I think we have to kind of look at the whole the whole picture. And we don't the one thing we don't want to do is set kids up to fail, you know. But as you said, we also don't want to over support. And it's it's always such a fine line. I recently uh, actually literally just yesterday uh, was talking to a friend of mine's son who is going into his final year of college. And he had some, you know, in school, he, he definitely was someone who needed some support on some academic tasks, but he's, you know, done fine a four-year institution, but, you know, he's, he's going to take his last year online because he's kind of into the groove of it now, but he doesn't feel like he's learned and is learning. So I think, I think the other thing is, you know, I said, why are you taking these classes online? It's so much more fun to go and be a part of things in person, isn't it? And he said, yeah, but why am I going to go sit in there when 
I can just do what everybody else does, which is just look everything up on my computer, look up all the answers on my computer, you know? So I think there's another piece of this, Lisa. I think it's preparing kids, you know, for how to go and not only be successful, but to make themselves a part of the setting, you know, and, and help them to think differently about learning because they might've had the learning stomped out of them so far, you know, and that love of learning. And you mentioned achievement. Um, you know, in this drive to achieve, that's not the same as competition. You don't have to be a competitive person. You have to be internally motivated to want to do your best and to be proud of what your best looks like. So I think that's kind of the combination for parents is, get you know, really talking through with your child. What are you good at? What are you not good at? How, what are we going to do? How are you going to support yourself for that? You know, online, face-to-face, what's this going to look like? And, and almost giving kids some some realistic expectations going into college um, and, and then stepping away. <laughs> That's the hard part. Yeah. And, and yet for about an hour, you f- say, what will I do with this free time? And then an hour later, you're like, Oh, I might do like read a book or read. That's why I can read so many articles now, you know, and I, I'll just also add one quick laugh moment here is, you know, I, I heard an employer once say, look, I'll hire the person with the highest degree even if they're not the best person, because they persevered to get the highest degree. Mm -hmm. And I thought, isn't that interesting? And so I think sometimes people belittle, oh, you know, what's college bring? Well, it brings perseverance and the drive to not give up because I don't know about you, but I had a couple of college classes that I'd like to have not persevered in, but that was the only pathway to get where I wanted to go. And so do remember parents, if you're really on the fence, do you know that two years of college ups the future of your child's income four years, even more. And again, it isn't always about picking the right major. It's about showing I can persevere to get that degree so that then I can enter different job markets. Cause lots of jobs want to train you. They don't want you to have a degree in what they want. Cause I once heard employers say nothing worse than a kid who has a degree in blank area. And I hire them because they think they know what they're supposed to do. I want to train them up, but I want to see that persevere. So, well, hopefully that wasn't too nerdling for you. Um, thank you for per- persevering with me uh, on a topic of choice. And we look forward to having you share with us on our Facebook um, on or send us a tweet uh, at Access Practical.